What's up, everything? Well, it's been an amazing streak, but all good things must come to an end, and the Blues streak did come to an end at 11 games. With that said, 11 games did break their longest record set back in 2002, so it's still been an amazing week to be a Blues fan. We'll talk about that streak and the trade deadline this week, and we'll rant about things that make us irrationally angry. We've got all that and more ahead, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. This is the Two Guys No Cup podcast. It is Thursday, February 21st. It is a time in the evening, and (laughs) we will not disclose any more. We're starting these recordings before we know the final outcome of the Blues game against Dallas, because we are recording at the International House of Pho in a place, Reykjavik. Iceland. They've agreed to host us because of a series of fall-related conversations into which you will get no further mm-hmm. view or information. Ian, how are you doing tonight? Very good. How would you describe pho in a sentence? A pho is like a salad, <laughs> but if you just poured hot water on it. But not really. That's, a, that's, that's very gross. Yeah, that's pho gross. is actually very good. Do you think people in Iceland eat pho? No, there's no way they enjoy any actual food. <laughs> I'm sure they eat raw fish. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, so we... Do not know whether the Blues beat Dallas or not yet. We will by the end of the podcast. Future travel. Woo! <laughs> uh, but we do, what we do know is that the Blues have broken a franchise record by winning their 11th game in a row. Mm-hmm. They beat the Tampa Bay... Tampa Bay. The Toronto Maple Leafs on Tuesday while I was in a plane on the tarmac at whatever the hell the airport in it. Atlanta is called Hartsfield, or is that the Um, London one? The (laughs) Coca-Cola CNN International Airport. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. The first, literally the first thing I saw someone carrying was a bag of Chick-fil-A, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's correct. You just look at him and you said, you would. (laughs) So in any case, I, uh, I heard... Chris, it is Hartsfield, by the way. I heard Chris Kerber call the win. I tried to contain as much energy and as little actual visible response as I could out of respect to the people next to me. And then I flew home and I drove home a weary trip of near death in the snow and sleep. But we'll talk about flying later. For the time being, let's talk about this Blues team that has won 11 games, breaking a record set twice in 2002, well, technically only once because they had two 10-game undefeated streaks, Mm -hmm. but one of those started with a tie. So the first one happened, I think the real one happened starting on January 3rd of 2002 in the 2001-2002 season, and the other one was like the second game of the season was the tie that started it. In any case, uh, the Blues have now set that record, broken it, broken a record held by the likes of Chris Pronger and Keith Kachuk and Al McInnes and Joel Quinville and Pavel Dimitra and Doug Waite and all those guys. 
And damn. I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty damn cool, yeah. right? I mean... We're literally watching the hottest blues team ever, which yeah. seems kind of weird to say. Crazy to think about. And, you know, we've got... We've got this team in front of us, and we have a history of complaining about this team, mm-hmm. but we're not going to do it this time. We're excited, and we'll complain about other stuff just to even out the balance of the force later on, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll get to that later. Why don't we just go ahead and jump into the game against Colorado on um, last Saturday? Yeah, I yes. guess. It was that long ago. It was a noon or afternoon tilt against the Colorado Avalanche in the Pepsi Center, owned by Stan Kroenke. Boo. No likey. Tom Stillman took it over and burned it down. (laughs) The Blues uh, went goalless in the first period, um, but there were some interesting moments. Petrangelo uh, was helped off the ice, which was scary because he took a puck off the knee uh, from from an Eric Johnson slapper because, Mm -hmm. boy, does that guy hate us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but Petrangelo obviously has since come back. Uh, there was a moment where Greer tried to start a fight with Vince Dunn, but Bortuzzo stepped in, and the rest pulled them apart and gave them matching minors, which is weird. So uh, dumb. Yeah, I don't... Like, as like we talked about last week, I'm not a bring-fighting-back guy, but let fights happen if they're, like, currently happening. Yeah, you, you don't... Know? If you have to skate, like, more than 10 feet to get to somebody, just, like, let them punch yeah. each other. and plus it's Robert Bortuzzo and... I'm I don't know, so I'm taking a guess. Felipe Greer. So it's not like <laughs> it's not like they have a lot else yeah, to do in the these game. These two these two guys can take it. Yeah, exactly. Um Rantanen skied a puck on a breakaway because he must not have known that Jake Allen was in net and that that was a free goal. Sorry, Jake <laughs> Allen did very well in this game, but I wrote this shot early on during the game. Uh and the Blues, who have been on a remarkable streak, still suck on the power play. So uh, we got that. Did you have any thoughts on the first period? The second period was a lot sloppier. Um, Bortuzzo played real fired up, though. Mm. Panger said he played with a burr under his saddle, which I don't totally understand because I'm not an 1800s farmhand, but he sure was fired (laughs) up. (laughs) That hurts the saddle. Um, I get the basic concept. Yeah. So you see, a saddle is. <laughs> it's a thing you sit on, um, and a burr is uncomfortable. Well, it's just, that's not what you want on you. <laughs> if you're on a saddle. Mm-hmm. We got it. Everyone is educated on horseback riding now? Yeah. I don't know. Donkeys. Donkeys. And stuff. <laughs> other equestrian beings. Um, there was a, I liked the beginning of this game. I honestly... Nothing happened in the first or second, and then I was laying down. I dozed off for the third period of this game. I just assumed nice. it was a win. You know what I'm saying? I was so bored I with this so team confident. winning all the time. It's like whatever. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It didn't look like a guaranteed win, but we were playing the Avs, who were ice cold. So I was thinking, this had better not be. Not- this had better not be how you end the streak, and it wasn't. Uh, the Blues didn't do anything against the worst power play in the league or penalty kill in the league again to start the third period, uh, but they did get some sustained pressure for the first team five or four minutes of the period until Vladimir Tarasenko scored his 25th goal of the season. Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Shin assisting the hottest line in hockey keeps it going, playing against what had previously been thought of as the best line in hockey, but they ain't got nothing on mm-hmm. us. 
Um, Shin got a puck along the boards, and, o- and O'Reilly sort of fell down but got right back up and received the pass. O'Reilly had a beautiful cross-ice feed, cross feed to Tarasenko, who was entirely unmanned mm-hmm. and unwatched. Uh, there's a picture here we tweeted out earlier in the week of just five abs to Varlamov's right in the circle or further to the right mm-hmm. of that, and Tarasenko just totally, totally unmarked on the left-hand <laughs> side. He obviously buried the chance past his buddy Varlamov and uh, went nuts, had a huge celebration as a result. It was a point in 11 straight. Uh, and it honestly felt at that point like that would be enough for us <laughs> to win. But just to cement things, Zach Sanford scored less than a minute later. Uh, Sunquist and Sanford had a nice skate in two-on-two. And Ryan Ga- Graves of uh, the Avs defense couldn't decide whom to cover. Uh, Jordan Hunt, Jordan Hunt our Avs correspondent described Graves as part of a meaningless prospect swap last year. Like most Colorado defensemen, he should be in the AH. <laughs> <laughs> what a dagger. <laughs> so Graves decided covering neither of the players attacking him was probably a safe bet. And Samford sped between him and Barry. Sunquist fed it ahead, and Samford had enough torque to redirect it past Varlamov, making it two to nothing. Uh, the Blues were a little sloppy the rest of the period. Allen did do a nice job to hold off a late surge from the Avalanche, <clears throat> including getting a huge save off Soderberg late in the game, keeping his shutout, allowing Jaden Schwartz to score an empty net goal, his fifth of the season, and take a commanding 3 to nothing victory. Um... My thoughts on this match that I posted right after the game. Allen did a wonderful job. Much deserved shutout, especially with that late push. Tarasenko was and remains, to this point, uh, the hottest player on the planet, as is his line. Sanford and Sund are a delight. And I think everybody on this team, including guys like Maroon and Fabry, who are just not playing as significant a role as maybe we thought going in or Mm. had had rougher starts to the season, uh, just everybody to a man has looked improved over the past 10 games. I'd say so. Who was Fabry replacing this game? Was it Steen? Or was Steen out the next game? Steen was out because of his baby. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, and congratulations to Alex Steen on the birth of his first Mm -hmm. child. I believe a daughter. I think it's a daughter. Maybe. Um, You're (laughs) (laughs) 50-50. Flip a coin. Uh, But yeah, congratulations to the Steen family on the birth of their lovely child. Didn't he just get married? A couple, yeah, over the summer. Yeah. Yeah. You question? Are you questioning their morality? No, I'm just getting busy. I'm just, I'm just saying. (laughs) That's how you want to live. (laughs) Uh, The Blues outshot the Avalanche very slightly. The Avs won more faceoffs. Both teams were 0 for 3 on the power play with 10 penalty minutes. Avalanche out hit the Blues almost 2 to 1, 31 to 16, and they had a few more blocks, but they had a huge amount more giveaways, and the Blues won 3 to nothing. Uh, what did you think about this game overall? Did you have any big takeaways from it? Um, I was glad to see that Allen played well. I think I was a little worried, you know, as people that listen to this podcast might know, just a little worried when Allen's in that, but I thought he looked really we good. We aren't shy. Yeah. That some people might know. Um, <laughs> but I thought he looked really solid the whole game. Uh, maybe just having time off and 
I guess, yeah, having that time off or just being in competition with another guy like he's kind of used to here. Mm-hmm. I think he plays his best when there's someone breathing down his back or taking over his job or doing whatever. When he's got to compete, I think he plays a lot better. So it looked really good. Um, it was just good to see that we can close the game out like that. I mean, it's 0-0 going to the third. That's living on the razor's edge there, you know. It could all of a sudden just be 1-0 abs, and that's how it ends. Sorry, yes. Yeah. I didn't have Aerosmith going through my head. Go on. (laughs) But, yeah, so uh, they're finding different ways to win, I think, throughout this winning streak, which is kind of nice. Some of them, like the game we'll get to next, they pound the team early. Sometimes later on, they pound the team in the middle, (laughs) and sometimes they pound them late. And that's always different for this team. Mm, Indeed. Uh, A lot of quotes after this game. I'll try to summarize them. Tarasenko had a long interview, and he said um, he was asked about the thoughts on his game-winning goal, and he said a lot of things, and then he said, I'm more happy about Jakey. Jakey got a shutout, so this is a pretty this is pretty huge. And, of course, another win. Uh, he was asked about his sweet, sweet celly afterwards, and he said, I don't really remember the celebration, but I usually don't celebrate goals hard. <laughs> like, you know this, but I don't really know what was that, so I need to see the replay, probably. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uncertainty. Um, I love Tarasenko, like, you know this is one of his phrases that he uses repeatedly, and it always strikes me as, like, so adorable. (laughs) You know this. Darren, you know this. Come on. Don't ask me that question. I don't celebrate goals. You know this. (laughs) I'm like, sure he does. (laughs) Um, He says, yeah, this is a huge win for us. It's our division opponent. We're fighting for a playoff spot. It's a huge credit to our goalies and our defensemen. PK guys, they do a really good job. They keep the net safe, and they give the forwards a lot of chances to score goals. Uh, Jake Allen also had an interview. He t- said some good uh, professional sport player quotes about <laughs> not being the starter. Uh, he said, I'm just really trying to contribute to this group and what we have going, to be honest. I'm not really concerned about the shutouts. For me to come into this line uh, with what the guys have been doing over the past 10, 12 games, just trying to contribute, they had their foot on the gas, and I need to keep mine on the gas no matter what, and guys are doing a great job. It's fun right now. Um, <clears throat> he, did ask, he did get asked about the altitude, which is interesting because I saw some people speculating about... Um, whether the altitude made that big of a difference on Mm. Twitter. And I'm not shaming any of them because it is just always a talking point with sports. And it's like, maybe we don't actually know what athletes are going to. But he did say, the altitude really takes a toll on us players out there, especially when you're not used to it all the time. But you really try to simplify your game as much as you can. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I can see that. Um, On a side note, when do teams not simplify their game? I, I don't know when they're when they have plenty of thick, clean breathing. <laughs> I feel like I they're always like, we got to simplify our game. <laughs> you know how people long for that thick air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thick like pho. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, <laughs> Alan went on to say, I think right now the mindset in the locker room isn't on the end result. It's on the way we're playing. And uh, he was asked if he'd seen this team play 
defense as hard and as determined as they are lately? And he said, to be honest, no. I said that to myself when we were playing against Arizona. That game was impressive. From a defensive standpoint, we gave up basically nothing. I think our defense now has confidence that they can stand up because our forwards are coming back. They know that if they do get beat, there's a second layer to help there. It's impressive for me to watch. You know, I've been on the bench a lot in the last month. Wah, wah. And to be able to see this turnaround, <laughs> it's amazing. I'm really happy for a lot of the guys. Not all of the guys, because screw you, Jordan Bennington. I don't think that's what he meant, but it's possible. Craig <laughs> uh, Berube finally had a lot of thoughts, but he did mention specifically about Fabry. I thought he looked fine. It's not an easy place to play, first of all, to come in and play with the altitude and everything. I thought Fabs competed, and he was okay, which is the Craig Berube <laughs> equivalent of saying, I would like him to marry my daughter. Uh, <laughs> he looked fine, and he was okay. <laughs> not a lot of passion in that gentleman, I have to say, for a guy that was a hothead fighter in his day. Mm. Uh, doesn't show it, doesn't wear his passion on his sleeve. Uh, any more thoughts on this game or any of those quotes? No, I mean, they all seem in good spirits. I think that's always nice. It seems like they're at least loose in the locker room. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It was a good game. It was a good win. 3-0. Was this, have we already, yeah, we shut out, who we shut out at the end of the last week? Mm, that's a great question, is it not? Not Tampa Bay. No. Although we did beat them. Do you do the Arizona Coyotes? I just had it. I swear <laughs> to God, I just had it. Uh, so, yeah, so two shutouts in a row. Uh, did they make it three? Why don't we go ahead and go to the Minnesota Wild game? All right, so we're back. We are moving on to the Minnesota Wild game. The Dallas Stars game doesn't look so good. Time travel. <laughs> but hey, it could still turn out well. We'll find out later. Stay tuned. Uh, the Blues took on the Minnesota Wild in the second half of a back-to-back and a road back-to-back at that after having beat the Colorado Avalanche 3-0, mm-hmm. uh, which in your universe we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was Hockey Day in America on NBC, which meant it was a day full of filleting the state of Minnesota <laughs> as the place that invented and the only American state that even understands hockey. That's so dumb. <laughs> like, so you have Michigan, where lots of hockey players come from, and they also like hockey there. It's pretty much just Minnesota but with the lakes around it instead of in it. (laughs) And then you also have all of the Northeast. And granted, some of those are smaller states, like your Massachusetts and your Connecticut. But you have, like, New York State. You're, like, Pennsylvania. I don't know. It's So many places in America play hockey other than Minnesota. So many. I don't... It bothers, bothers me. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. It bothers both of us. <laughs> so, in any case, we, we don't like Minnesota. We don't like any of the teams we played this week. Mm-mm. So we'll talk about it. But, um... Early in this game, Jordan Greenway took a high-sticking penalty against Oscar Sundquist, or as he calls it, a sticking penalty, because he's very tall, and Mm. everything is hot (laughs) for him. Um, And it led to a power play goal. Vladimir Tarasenko is 26th of the season. I wonder if he'll score again this week. Ryan O'Reilly assists. I wonder if he'll do anything else this week, as does Robert Thomas. O'Reilly won the faceoff. I got it to the circle where Thomas and O'Reilly were fighting for it. O'Reilly got it off the wall and skated in, found Tarasenko in the opposite circle. Circle Tarasenko got it in and obviously buried it because he's right now Vova instead of another time Vova. It was a pretty goal. Um, 
<laughs> there was a later moment where Edmondson ignored uh, Marcus Foligno's instigation uh, and drew a penalty. As a result, Michael Russo, the brilliant and wonderful reporter from The Athletic that covers the Minnesota Wild, literally the only good thing about Minnesota sports, Michael <laughs> Russo, uh, said something kind of just complaining about this and how Edmondson didn't want any part of Marcus Foligno, and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, because he was getting a penalty, so <laughs> that's how that works. And the Blues got another power play goal. They're like two of their three or four for the entire streak. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly got the goal with Tarasenko and Petrangelo assisting. It was hot! Mm-hmm. Much like Ryan O'Reilly. He's a very yeah. handsome man. Uh, he won the faceoff and got it back to Petrangelo. There was a tic-tac-toe play, Tarasenko to O'Reilly, who friggin' roofed it. The one, like, I haven't been prepared about any part of Ryan O'Reilly's No game. one has. Uh, none of us have. But I was least prepared for his shot. And I know I think we talked about this last week. But that dude can put the puck wherever he friggin' won. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. That's 22 goals. He may or may not score again. <laughs> he, looks like, he looks like he could have a 30-goal season, which I did not think was his M.O. No. 60 points. Like, we were talking when we got him. It's yeah. like, he doesn't have to improve for this to be a good deal. And he did. <laughs> um, so the Blues went into the intermission up 2 to nothing. They continued to pile on in the second period. Minnesota, not a very good team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince Dunn got a goal seven and a half minutes in. Uh, it was a sick stretch pass from... Petrangelo, or excuse me, from Shin to Petrangelo. Petrangelo and Dunn were in on the rush with Schwartz on a three-on-one against Patteron, who should not be in the NHL. (laughs) And Petrangelo pulled up and dropped to Dunn, which was not an ill-conceived drop pass for once, and Dunn had a really nice shot and buried it. Um, Five minutes later, Shin got his 11th of the season with Tarasenko assisting. This went... Uh, from pretty to disgusting real fast. Tarasenko had a nice board-to-board pass across center to Spring Shin. He raced into the zone along with O'Reilly. Sealer tried the Alex Petrangelo sliding play to protect the pass to Factor, but Shin pulled up and backhanded it. It got stuck under Sealer, who slid in basically into the net and scored the goal for us. Um, Thanks. Here's a question for you. Why is there an NHL team that has Pattern Sealer and Eric Fair on an NHL roster mm, in 2018? They're no good. Oh, boy. I loved Eric Fair when I was a freshman in college, and Jordan, as correspondent Jordan, and I played an NHL, whatever that would have been, 10, Chelton yeah. campaign with Eric Fair in the Washington Capitals. He was great then, but that was, gross, almost (laughs) a decade ago. What's he still doing here? Just collecting a check. (laughs) I guess so. But anyway, um, the Wild Arena did play communication breakdown by Led Zeppelin, uh, which earned brownie points from me. (laughs) So congratulations (laughs) to them. Uh, The Blues got a series of power plays here late in the second, including two different five-on-threes. They took no advantage, which prompted Eddie Olchek, the brilliant national color commentator, to say, Missed opportunity by the Blues to really take control of this game. I don't know what part of a 4 nothing lead struck him as them not being in control (laughs) already, but 
Who am I to judge? <laughs> um, the Wild also had 14 shots at that point, late, Yuck. late, late in the second period. Uh, the Wild got booed off the ice at the end of the second. It feels too familiar. I almost have sympathy. Uh, the third period, the Wild got a lot of shots, but I think the Blues did a pretty good job of shutting them down. Uh, the period, Favre... Um, did you make this note? Is this the period Favre shut down the Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> this this team, team is all in, yeah. you say. Mm, it looked fantastic because yeah. it was 4-0. You don't, I mean, you need to play defense all the time, but you don't have to play defense when it's 4-0 late in the period. <laughs> you don't have to play defense all Let's the time. Let's <laughs> be honest. Robbie Fabry playing, I, was he? No, he might have been slotted in the second line at this point. Um, yeah, I just thought this whole team... That whole game looked dialed in. I really did think this Wild game was going to be the end of the winning streak just because they really should beat the Wild. And I felt, well, because they really should, they really won't. Mm -hmm. And from the drop of the puck in the first period, they just looked all hands on deck. They looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, the Wild suck, so I mean, the I don't Wild know. do suck. That's sell, sell, sell. Very true. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a lackluster third period, and that nothing happened. Sh- shots ended up pretty much even, um, thirty one to thirty. Wild to Blues, which is a big turnaround from late in the second. Uh, there were eleven combined power plays, of which only the Blues took advantage to. <laughs> Of six, the Wild got 28 hits to our 16, and we got 14 blocks to their 13, and once again, they had more giveaways. Just a crappy team, just a pair of teams that are not headed in the right direction that we played back-to-back, mm. and we had a three-game shutout uh, streak going for that. So, I was traveling during the Toronto game. You also didn't see it live, but got to watch it back. Would you like to mm-hmm. take us through it because of that? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> the Blues beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-2 to two this past Tuesday. And by the way, sorry folks, but this time we have to talk about the Toronto Maple Yeah, I, this, is, this is our second favorite team. <laughs> we'll find a way to sp- spiral this out into a discussion of their cap situation. Mm, Don't you worry. Yeah, we'll be focusing highly on Igor Ozhigan of this episode. <laughs> Did you see in the first period uh, Dunn blowing up Kadri? Did you I'm see not. any of that? No? No. Dunn blew up Kadri. Oh. In fact, he was out in the first five minutes. He never came back. This was their whole conversation about why uh, Matthews didn't get more ice time because he should have had more ice time, period. But then Kadri was out, so he like needed to have more ice time. For that very reason, yeah, and he did not. So anyways, yeah, it was a great hit by Dunn. It didn't look like too much came of it afterwards. I was really surprised no one skated over to him trying to wring his neck. While Kadri was already dead. Yeah, exactly. Someone did skate a little over, but I don't think it was anything big. Uh, Blues get a goal 10 minutes into the first period. Jaden Schwartz, sixth of the season, assisted by Tyler Bozak and Alexander Steen. It's the former Maple Leaf special. Bozak wins the faceoff in the D zone. Edmondson <laughs> clears the puck down into Toronto zone. Muzzin blows a tire, which is what you want from the guy you just traded for, while trying to <laughs> retrieve the puck. He haphazardly passes it up the boards where Steen intercepts it. Steen gets the puck to Bozak deep in the slot, and Bozak finds a wide open Schwartz with a backhand pass to his right. 
Schwartzy buries it past Anderson. Give or you got to give it to Bozy and Steen for giving it to their old team there. Yeah, you do. Fantastic. You know Bozy's been waiting. Oh yeah, he hates that team. He hates <laughs> Austin Matthews, and he certainly hates Frederick Anderson. I hate Everyone Austin does. Matthews, and I hate all of you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not old. You're just young. <laughs> you don't get it. Blues get a power play goal seven minutes later, 1742 into the first. Colton Pareko's tenth of the season. Jaden Schwartz assists for his 21st. Tyler Bozak, 16th of the assist of the season. Tyler Bozak, again, giving it to his old club. Good job, Tyler. You're doing great, Bozy. Two-point night for Tyler Bozak. Mm-hmm. Was it his first as a blue? Probably not, but hadn't, we'll say. hadn't been red hot this season. Sure, why not? I think, though, I mean, just since we are talking about Tyler Bozak, I think he's been adequate. Yeah. We, listen... It's always going to be true that we overpaid for a center when we ultimately didn't have to because we got Braden Shin, and that kind of sucks. But at the same time, I think he's going to be fine, and I want to cut off the unnecessary hatred for him in year two of th- and oh, three of this contract. It's already at coming. The pass. <laughs> it's already coming. If this team was not full, you know, every single player struggling at the first half of the season, it was just, you know, kind of petering around here and there, he would have been whipping boy number one, I think. But he's looked, yeah, I think he's looked serviceable. On the Blues goal, uh, this was a Pareko where he whips a wrister and it goes in off the post, or so we are led to believe. <laughs> it actually does go in and off the post. It goes around, comes out the other side, as you do. They blow the horn. I believe the Blues have to have control of it for them to blow the horn. I don't know. I can't remember. They just blow it because they go, we got to correct this shit right now. <laughs> and they go to Toronto and it's a goal. With this goal, that's Preko's 10th of the season. He sets a new career high with that goal. He's got six even strength goals and four power play goals. I believe both of those are, I guess, tied for those individual marks on different seasons. So like any one of either, and he's breaking those records too. Um, he's looked really good, actually. I think it's just the assists that have been down for him as far as, like, stats go. Mm -hmm. I think it looks a little weird for him to have, like, I forget what it is. I think it's under 10. Looks kind of weird. But anyways, but he's doing good offensively in general. And I think, um, he's somebody that might, or might need to be put on the top power play unit and moved around with Petrangelo put on the second. Like, I get Petrangelo's your captain. He's the senior. Mm -hmm. But, like... He just doesn't look comfortable on the power play. I never think he. I not don't so think he ever good. has. He's not. Uh, he looks fine in a lot of the areas of power play. Mm-hmm. He cannot keep the fuck in to save his life. I know. <laughs> He's not so good at it. He's not Kevin Shattenkirk. Kevin Shattenkirk was very good at keeping the puck in, and, and nothing else. Yeah, that, <laughs> and, and that's why you trade the man. Second period, not much going on, and by that I mean the eight-minute recap of what I watched. They didn't show much in the second period. No, no one scored. Third period, Leafs goal. Oh, the shutout streak is over. Did you see this goal, too? I did, a little bit later. It's poopy. <laughs> and Zach Hyman, unassisted at 634, is 11th of the season. Petrangelo grabs a puck from a falling Tavares. Miscommunication ensues as Edmondson swoops in front of Petrangelo as he tries to head up the ice, causing Petrangelo to lose the puck to Hyman. Hyman tries to get the puck to Tavares in front of the net. The puck goes off Edmondson's stick and by Bennington. It's just kind of, it's a crappy goal either way. It kind of sucks. That's how your shutout streak has to end, but... Oh, well, them's the breaks. And there were more breaks 30 seconds later as Austin <laughs> Matthews scored his 28th goal of the season assisted by Nikita Zaitsev and Kasperi Kapanen. Zaitsev shot the puck from the right point. The puck bounced off Bo Meester and towards the blue paint. 
Matthew says inside position on Pareko in front of the net and is able to push the puck over the goal line. Again, puck luck not going the Blues way, which, to be fair, it has been going the Blues way for the last 11 games, so I guess it's got to swing the other way at some point. Actually, I believe stats says it really just doesn't. <laughs> That's not true at all. Um, but it could, you know, whatever. Uh, Bennington made a really outstanding save late in the period to keep it tied. This is on a two-on-one with Hyman, and I forget who the other player was, but, I mean, Bennington made a really good slide save there. Overtime, only 34 seconds in. Blues, Leafs tied 2-2, as you do when you go into overtime and you're tied, because, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you have to be. You usually don't have a lead when you go into overtime. <laughs> Not usually. Uh, Blues score a goal 34 seconds in. Ryan O'Reilly's 23rd of the season, unassisted. <laughs> this goal oh it's so fire marner but not like the fire festival that sucks but this is fire like in a good way (laughs) gotta clarify marner tries to pass the puck from behind the blues net to awaiting Tavares out front o'reilly breaks the pass up with his stick and then turns it up ice o'reilly enters the leaf zone and a two-on-one with tarasenko to his left and morgan riley defending and he lasers the puck up and over anderson's blocker i want to give a and why wouldn't he assist to Petrangelo, or Petrangelo, excuse me, Pareko, because he's not, he doesn't get an assist on this at all, but he mm-hmm. drives Mitch Marner to the outside when he's skating in on a scoring chance and forces him behind the net to make the pass that gets broken up. Mitch Marner had, like, all the real estate in the world, and Pareko realized this and skated right over to him, pushing him to the side. It was a really great play to keep that from turning into an actual scoring chance. Yeah, that goal, I mean, just... Ryan O'Reilly skates a little faster than you think. He's it does he's, everything he's, like yeah, better than I thought. Better than you thought. Yeah, and you thought he was really good, and then he does it all twenty percent better, and you're like, oh, so he's great. Mm-hmm. Like it's gotten to the point where I will be angry if he isn't the Selkie Trophy winner. Yeah, like, like I will be, to be actually angry because this is exactly that goal this is the goal that like leads the highlight reel it's like he took it out of his own net basically Mm. and then skated up ice and won the game booyah you (laughs) suck it's over i know he won't win the heart or even be an actual consideration but he should be in like shadow consideration Mm -hmm. because he really is like the mvp guy that people like greg washinsky are like you know who nobody's talking about yeah exactly and that's all we're gonna get but i'll still take (laughs) (laughs) this win was the blues 11th in a row a franchise record this is i believe the longest winning streak of any team this season i think buffalo also had 10 Mm -hmm. and then they went on the worst they had the worst record of the league after that. I'm just saying. Watch out. The shutout streak was ended at 233 minutes and 50 seconds, which sounds preposterous. Like 233 <laughs> minutes of not letting the other team score. Preposterous also sounds like the final evolution of a starter Pokemon. Oh, you're right. It's like a After preposterous and preposterous, <laughs> right? And a preposterous. 100%. <laughs> Uh, the Blues have not trailed in a game since their game in Florida against the Panthers on February 5th. And Until maybe uh, later. Who knows? Uh, this game delivered a 7.7 rating. I don't know what that means in St. It's Louis. A lot. Yeah. It's a big number. For NBC Sports Network, making it the network's highest rated regular season Blues game ever in the St. Louis market. That's crazy. That's super Even high. Even just getting back in Lambert, like you could see people... 
or well, le- even leaving in Lambert, mm. it just felt like there was more blues stuff going on, you know? People like, are running to the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Papa, come, you must see. <laughs> Preposterous, come. Uh, Tara Sango's point These streak is snapped, <laughs> but the top line's point streak continues. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I mean, this was, what a win. I know, I know there's an argument of like, well, they shouldn't have collapsed in the third period. And I Mm. agree with that, but also what a way to hold on and Mm. hold off one of the league's most skilled teams and win it in overtime against one of the league's most skilled things. A new way to win. There's nothing to complain about until there might be after the Dallas game ends, but we'll check back in on that in a moment. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. I mean, it had to end sometime. No, it didn't. <laughs> but they could have just never lost again. That was an option on the table. Mm-hmm. But they did. They did lose again. They lost tonight, four to two, five to two, mm-hmm. at the hands of the Dallas Stars. It was. Listen, there's going to be a time for introspection and fair reflection upon this game and the streak but it's not right now i'm just sad i'm just Mm -hmm. a little sad uh it was a better game than i'd probably give it credit for um basically they got sloppy for about half of one period and got buried and Mm -hmm. never really caught up and that's how the game went that's a good point i think when we were watching this Blues-Dallas game, Blues-Stars game, um, to me it felt like the Stars were playing the Stars were playing their game and the Blues weren't. And the Stars game apparently is non-stop speed all the time and finishing their checks all over the place. And I don't think it necessarily like messed with the Blues, mm. like you know, not mentally or anything, but I think the Blues then thought, oh, we will also play like this. And the Blues are a faster team than I give them credit for. I don't think they're as fast as the Stars, who are also faster than I give them credit for. Um, yeah, they were, they were flying. And like you said, it was a span of, let's see, if I'm looking at these, it was a span of about six, seven minutes in which Jamie Benn, Radic Faxa, Alexander Radulov all got goals in the second period. Uh, Ryan or Vladimir Tarasenko got the Blues back within two. On a goal, Jamie Ben put another one in pretty soon after that, about three minutes after that, and then Ryan O'Reilly right at the end of the second period, making it seem like maybe the Blues could inch back in with 4-2 going into the third period, but it wasn't to be. What a friggin' player that man is. Yeah. I know we've talked about it a lot this episode, though it's been split up for us, but (laughs) oh my god, just so good at everything. The pass on the Tarasenko goal is insane. Uh, his reflexes just to get the puck out from under Hudobin and around him on his own goal is amazing. He it, does literally every facet of the game at like a just under elite level. Mm-hmm. That's why he doesn't get talked about as like one of the true greats of the game because he's not really, do, other than face-offs, he doesn't do anything really elite. Mm-hmm. But everything he does so well, it's frightening. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. But it's frightening. It was a little scary that this was pretty much 
a Ryan O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly only offensive game mm-hmm. because we've. I mean, Vladimir Tarasenko scored the goal. It was a very good goal. Uh, takes a good player to at least know to be there for the O'Reilly pass. But I'm just saying it makes you scared of like having flashbacks to November's past where you're like, <laughs> oh, this, what <laughs> I mean is this past November yeah. of just Ryan O'Reilly only doing things. <clears throat> you're like, oh, no, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a few people on Twitter saying this, and I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, this did not look like a very good third line game. I thought Sunquist looked all right or like looked all right and was around. Maroon had missed at least two empty nets, which sucks. Um Samford, Samford looked out of his element. There's a guy that looked like he was getting a little shaken up by just the speed and the physicality of the games. A couple weeks ago you asked me whether I'd bring back Maroon and I said yes at the time. Mm. I I'm slipped. I've just I don't think I he know, can. Listen, he's, he brings that physical element no one else on this team does. But what's it going to cost you to, to to take up a spot that could be filled by Jordan Cairo mm-hmm. or Quim Costin, who would also bring a physical grindy element Ooh, or whoever, fun. whomever. I just, I I want the storybook. Mm. I don't I want it to be a fairy tale, but it's not. Well, I was going to say I'd bring him back for like the exact same deal. But yeah. you're right, though. He's not costing you money. He's costing you a spot. Yeah. And at this point, at yeah. very least, you could get someone else. You know, even yeah. if you're not bringing up Kairu or someone, I mean, you should. Yeah, they've but... got a lot of cap space to play with. So it, even if you go out and get a mm. Kevin Hayes, whoever, just that's just the first name on my tongue because it's farther down the notes. But yeah. Whomever you might think to get. You know, I didn't look at the goals closely this game. Uh, I was just blown away and angry by them. I don't know. If, I don't know if Bennington ever looked shaky on any of them. I think there's at least one, and I can't even remember which one of the five it was. Obviously, not the fifth one. He wasn't in net. Um, but he, I thought he looked all right. But it seemed like he got blitzed real quick, and it seemed like the Blues in general just were on their heels for most of that second period. It was nice to see them kind of claw back. Mm-hmm. There was a time earlier this season when they wouldn't have done any of that. So it was good to see. They still outshot the Stars 45-25, to 25, uh, had more of the face-offs at almost 60%. Were 1-4 for four in the power play only because Bomeister jumped out of the box when it was 4-on-4 four four right as uh, Tarasenko scored. 13 penalty minutes for both teams. It felt like the Blues took more, but I guess not. Hits 21 uh, for the Blues, 30 for the Stars. Blocks 20 for the Stars to the Blues 13. Giveaways about even 10 to 14 uh, Stars leading in that too. So, I mean, it was an even game-ish. The Blues seemed to have the puck more for more of it. It just couldn't capitalize on any of the chances. It kind of stinks that their power play, not so good. Mm-hmm. There were, I mean, what was that? So we had three other opportunities that we didn't score on. You, you know, you get one, it's a whole different game. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. I think they'll bounce back from it, or they won't. Those are the two options. I'm really good at covering my back. Two, two very simple <laughs> options. Yeah, and I should say, I'm looking at natural stat trick on Maroon now, and actually a lot of his more advanced numbers are pretty decent, which I wouldn't have necessarily, mm. necessarily thought. So, you know, I mean, listen, I'm not going to be furious if they bring him back on that deal or something similar, but if they bring him back on anything with term, it's going to be mm. a huge mistake, in my opinion. We like advanced stats here, but now I'm going to argue the eye test. He doesn't look good. Yeah, yeah, he does. He looks, he looks all right. I've, He's looked better. I mean, he has looked better. I'm not I've warmed to on him, that, yeah. But it's just, 
I don't. I haven't seen him have any games where I was. I thought like, man, Pat Maroon made the difference in that mm. game. You know. I was gonna say I forgot. So with- his relative Corsi four is negative point four. <laughs> Which isn't great, but it's actually up from where it's been. A oh, lot you said of point four. I thought you said negative four. I'm like, well, that's not negative so good. Point four, yeah. Um, with Samford not looking so good this game, and then we called up Sammy Blay in the middle of this game. I mean, he's on a bus. Um, I'm wondering if we just play Fabry more now. Now the winning streak's over. You can screw with the chemistry. Oh, yes, Braden Shen didn't play in this game because he was hurt, upper body injury, supposedly. We trade Alexander. We play Alexander Ovechkin, for whom we traded more. I'm just kidding. Mm, yes, um, no. Maybe we traded for someone. God, I would love to break that on this show, but we won't. We won't get to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think Fabry, I mean, you got to figure out what you have in Fabry. To me, that's project number one. Of all the mm. people that you have that you need to figure out who you, what you have in them, I kind of think he's the biggest one. Mm. And the, the problem is with him to really figure out um, what he is, you need to give him at least some power play and like second line time. Mm. And where are you getting that from right now? You know, mm. uh, I don't know. But in any case, a brain uh, shen injury might be a boon for. Robbie Fabry. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Uh, and, yeah, Braden Shen we have, I think, mentioned, but it's been a scattered We just now have, yeah. But he's out. Uh, upper body yeah, injury. is out. So Could be his head. Could be his heart. His heart went all splody. When we traded him to the Akati Bathurst Teton. Oh, I was going to say the <laughs> Kingston Frontenacs. I really was. Awesome. Uh, speaking of trades, yeah, why don't we just go ahead and move on from this depressing topic and talk about goofy topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been the earliest rumblings of some trade deadline deals. The trade deadline is Monday at, um, I guess, 2 Central. It usually is 2 Central, maybe 3 Central. Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. um, we are going to be live covering on our Twitter account. We'll have a bonus episode covering not just what the Blues did, although obviously that will be a focus if there's anything to say. Nothing. Um, but uh, what the entire league has done, and you can follow us on Twitter. We're hoping to have some cool possible giveaways and things we'll see uh you're probably already following us on twitter but spread the word trade deadline day is pretty much my second christmas Mm -hmm. so uh make sure to join us but why don't we go ahead and talk about the exciting deals that have already happened Mm -hmm. like the goalie for goalie swap of cam talbot and anthony stollers the uh Exciting. Edmonton Oilers sent longtime ca- longtime goaltender Cam Talbot <laughs> to the Philadelphia Flyers for Anthony Stollers, which I think I'm pronouncing correctly. Were you about to say longtime Cam Talbot? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> He's been Cam Talbot longer than Long almost time. anybody. <laughs> um, I, what a weird, like, Cam Talbot was the entire Edmonton Oilers for a few seasons. You played over you started over 70 games. And I honest to God think they just broke him. I think he was a fine goalie (laughs) whom they just broke. That sounds like the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Anthony Stollers is going to be an RFA after the season, presuming presuming he plays whatever the remaining ten contracts ten games that are in that weird goalie contract stipulation 
He's mm-hmm. in the similar situation to Bennington. Um, but uh, the interesting footnote here is that if and when Talbot starts for the Flyers, which I don't believe he already has, uh, he will. They will break the record with eight for the most goalies started by the same team in a single season. <laughs> Good God. Not great. Uh, the point of this move for, I guess, the Flyers is to have a veteran to supplement Carter Hart. Although I saw, we both saw today that Brian Elliott is now healthy again, and he's also a veteran, as they say, mm-hmm. in places that aren't here, and it drives me insane because there's an A in that word, a second A, but no, just the first A, but it's there at the end. Anyway, <laughs> um, the point for the Edmonton Oilers is to clear out three Point four million dollars in cap space so that they can be buyers at the trade deadline. God, I wish. That'd be amazing. I believe, I honest to God believe that's why they made this trade to at least have wow. the to at least have the flexibility, to at least have the ability to make that move if they want to. It's shocking. How far out are they? I'm looking it up right now. They are currently, <laughs> wait for it. Um, second to last in the conference Uh and eight points out of a wild card spot. There was a rumor at one point earlier this week or maybe last week that Ken Hitchcock was just going to walk during the weekend, Mm -hmm. that he was just going to leave. The guy that can't stay retired was just going (laughs) to voluntarily leave a team. You killed Ken Hitchcock's love of hockey, you bastards. (laughs) He has a sweatshirt that literally just says hockey, and you killed that man's love (laughs) of the game. That's a shame. What's the last 10? What's the record for the last 10 for Edmonton? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? It is... Wait for it. Uh, one, six, and three. Ah, uh, great. <laughs> yep, they certainly, certainly in a area to buy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're currently losing to the Arizona, or to the, no, they lost to Arizona, and they're currently uh, playing New York and are tied 3-3 three to three with the Islanders. I bet if they win that game, they'll justify buying. Mm-hmm. Wow. Speaking of the Edmonton Oilers, they did make another move, trading uh, Ryan Spooner off their AHL roster to reacquire uh, Sam Gagne off the Vancouver Canucks AHL roster (laughs) with the uh, salary that the Rangers retained on the Spooner deal. This is about a dollar-for-dollar contract swap. I mean, it, I think Gagne might be like 0.05 million more or something, mm-hmm. but it's basically the same. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, this is the last bastion of the Jordan Everly trade. I guess it keeps living, which itself is part of the something much bigger trade, like a real, like Lindros or something. Some oh, from a long tree. time ago, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, they traded... <laughs> You want to say? Uh, yeah. you, you thought up the stats. So well, you say it. they traded Jordan Eberle to the New York Islanders for Ryan Strom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then they traded Ryan Strom to the New York Rangers for Spooner. And now they've traded Spooner to the Vancouver Canucks for Sam Gagne, who... Back in 2013-14 was already a player on the a Oilers roster. of Jordan Everly. Yeah. For seven seasons before that, they had him. So they've just traded someone for someone they already had. 
but not when <laughs> they traded him. Right now we gave away, I don't know, Braden Shin to get David Perron. Yeah, it'd be like, but worse, David Perron three years from now. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of magic <laughs> that they've weaved up there. I was gonna say Peter Shirelli did, but he's gone. Good job, other Gretzky, you did it. Oh. You're correcting all the Shirelli mistakes. <laughs> I think they're correcting course. Way to go! <laughs> <I know. laughs> we need them back. Oh, they're pulling a Stan Bowman. We just need all the old guys back. Yep, that's the Where's that's, Taylor Hall at? That's how we fix this friggin' team. The Chicago Blackhawks made a move acquiring Peter Holland from the New York Rangers for defenseman Darren Radish. When I saw this move happen, I thought, not that Peter Holland, but you confirmed it is that Peter mm-hmm. Holland. That's Steve Dangle's favorite Peter Holland. Oh, my God. And that's Steve the only Dangle reason I listed this. Peter Holland. Uh, Boston Bruins, this is kind of the big move of the week, did acquire forward Charlie Coyle from the Minnesota Wild for forward Ryan Donato and a 2019 conditional fifth-round draft pick. Coyle has one more year on his contract at $3.2 million. Donato has one more year at $900,000 and will then be an RFA. Uh, Ian, after all the talk about Charlie Coyle possibly being traded for the last, I don't know, half a millennium, mm-hmm. how did it ultimately cost this little? I, I don't know. I think Ryan Donato is a fine young player, but I don't look at him as anything much more than a Zach Sanford type in a higher profile market. Yeah, you know? I'd say everything I know about Ryan Donato is from an athletic article I read, and I know <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I know. In 2014. <laughs> yeah, it's from a, I read in a, in a stall when I was using the bathroom. I was like, what is up with this Ryan Donato? Um <laughs> Just that he's a had a really good NCAA career, and then what was it world was it World Juniors or was it the Olympics or what was it where he played really well recently? Oh yeah, it must uh, have been was the, it the Olymp- World Cup. I can't remember. It wasn't the oh yeah, it, it was, was the, the Olympics because he right, wasn't an NHL wasn't, player. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That's why I, know I remember his name all over the place, and so <clears> I think he has. Let's see, from this athletic article. He has nine points in his last 34 games, and uh, he's averaging less than 13 minutes per night. Has twice been sent down to the AHL, and that's where he's been since January 17th. So underperforming, to say the least, for Ryan Donato. Um, I think he'll be fine in Minnesota. I think Russo, their beat writer for The Athletic, had tweeted out tonight that Ryan Donato was not uh, passing up on taking shots and that he would not fit well in Minnesota just for that reason alone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, all tongue-in-cheek aside, it's, it's a good sign for them. Fifth-round pick is I whenever you get past the third round, I'm like, well, it's just a nothing pick. You know, it's whatever. Yeah. I can't believe Charlie Coyle only cost that much. I was trying to look up uh, his stats here. I believe they said he's almost a gimme for 40 points every year. So, I mean, that's really good. For a guy that essentially, what, he costs you for sure under 3.5. He's 3.2 million for just this next year. Let's see. He has had 30 points, 35 points, 42 points, 56, 37, and currently has 28. So around a 40-point player. Uh, he's a big body. He's going to play. Will you look at that shit? Sorry, keep going. Oh, sorry. Waving. Winning. Oh, I don't uh, We'll talk about it. Okay. You finish your Sorry. I was reading a tweet in disgust. <laughs> but yeah, Charlie Coyle is a big player. He can play center. I know Pasternak's hurt, and I know Pasternak's not a center, but 
I think they needed somebody to fill in a role as they have people moving up the lineup. Uh, it's, I think it was a great deal for Boston. We listened to 31 Thoughts, both of us. Um, I believe Friedman said this did not seem like a move that would be prohibitive for the Boston Bruins in terms of them making another move. I think they most certainly will. I think he fits in really well with the Boston Bruins, Coyle does, and I think they also said that he's from the area. And you know when you're playing for your hometown team, it helps a lot unless you're Patrick Maroon. So <laughs> I think a good deal for Boston. For <clears throat> Minnesota, I think this is their first thing. This is the crack, right? This is the crack that breaks the ship where it's just of like all the players to trade on this team. I guess. My 26-year-old cost-controlled Charlie Coyle. Well, that's the thing. If you're going to start trading from the middle, you're, you're the middle of your core, I guess, because they're not trading Zach Prize and they can't. They're not trading Ryan Suter, and they can't. And they, and they won't, and they shouldn't, and all that. But then, Oh, they should. I mean, yeah. Can't. But I mean, like, in terms of, like, a fan base, <clears throat> and they're old, and what have you. Uh, what's his name? Not Jordan Stahl. Why am I saying Eric, Eric Stahl? Thank you. Why would I think of the lesser Stahl? Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl. <laughs> but uh, Eric Stahl has one more year. He's done after this year, I think. Um, and I think he's said that he really likes Minnesota, so maybe he'll sign there for another one year. But it is weird. They're taking all their middle age, their twenties something guys. Niederreiter got traded. Coyle got traded. And they're trying to skew younger, but they're keeping these old farts that, I mean, are good, but I don't know. They're going to have to start over. I look at their roster, and I don't see a cup contender, and I don't really see a team that's rebuilding yet. So they just need to pick a lane, and I think the lane is going to be roster turnover and just starting over, period. Yeah, I mean, Blow it up. And just to me, it's like, okay, this is kind of what we talked about earlier in the year with the Blues. It's like... Don't trade pieces you don't have to trade if the value doesn't force you to trade them. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, nothing about this pick is like, ooh, I had to jump with that. And I've always, to me, this is another thing, and then we can move on because this does not deserve this much of our attention. But Sure it I'm, does. I'm always confused when a trade happens like five days before the deadline where the value is not that impressive. I'm like, mm-hmm. If I'm a Paul, if I'm a Wild fan, seeing Paul Fenton's first few moves uh. as a Wild GM, and I see him friggin' get fleeced on the Niederreiter deal, terrible, and then see this happen, I'm just like, I'm wringing my collar a little bit. Uh, the tweet we were talking about is a tweet from the Dallas Stars account that has Jamie Venner, Tyler Sagan, one of them FHS kind of players, waving <laughs> to the camera. And it said, waving goodbye to that win streak. And to that I say, enjoy your golf in the middle of March and April, you shitty, shitty yeah. shit shits. Let's talk for what a, a What a yeah. brazen, like, imagine being... I mean, I guess they have nothing else to... I'm going to talk like Don Cherry where I don't even finish any of my... And then just keep talking into the next sentence. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's painful. Yeah, let's talk about the Dallas Stars. I don't like them very much. I really don't like a lot of central teams. Stars! Dallas! Their goal shit's so annoying. Uh, I think that rubs me the wrong way. And then the whole team just seems really like overly aggressive like see we're a hockey team too down here in dallas and they're always trying to be super physical i swear that's their only that's their only game plan is just trying to mix it up it's 
annoying to watch, and I hated playing them in the playoffs, too, a couple years ago because they just felt like the same team. Jamie Benn, not a likable guy. Tyler Sagan, I'd love to have him here. I'd like to have Jamie Benn here. Both just seem very unlikable to me. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. They, that whole team, this whole game we just watched rubs me the wrong way. And I, I feel like I always say, oh, I don't like Minnesota. And you know what? I also don't like Chicago. And screw Nashville. You but that's what, how though? it is. I don't really have that big a deal with Winnipeg, Colorado. Yeah. Or so, I'm sure somebody else. Like, who else is in our division? We I think I named them all. Um, yeah, yeah Winnipeg, I, fine. I don't really like the Blues. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I'm sure we'll also partially enjoy Arizona in two years. The good old central division rivalry between Arizona and Winnipeg. Uh-huh. Since we danced around the topic, any thoughts on uh, Don Cherry's bunch of jerks rants against the Carolina Hurricanes? Did we not like semi-predict this last oh, week by yeah, just talking we, about Don Cherry? Being Don Cherry, yeah. so yeah. Um, I don't think it's that... Cr- Here's the thing. People are really... Uh, blown away that Don Cherry was saying all this about Carolina. Oh, and I yeah. think his... I, I wasn't surprised yeah, at all this but, was happening. That's what I mean. So, like, I think his opinion's dumb. Like, let let fans have fun. Let the players have fun. The Carolina celebration, their big storm surge, is not while well, other teams are on the ice. They're back in their locker room. Everyone's having a good time. It's a shitty market for hockey. They need something. Oh, they need anything. I do think, though, if this was Montreal or Toronto mm. doing this, they would be loving it. Mm. They would be eating it up. Yeah, that's because some damn southern U.S. team you is doing something stupid. Don't belong in the NHL to begin with. That's. I mean, that really is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, the one thing I would, thought was weird was people were like, "How can Don Cherry think this? Like, how can he think this? Of course how can he, he thinks think this. Anything else? Yeah. This fits exactly in with what he's going to say. It doesn't make it. I'm. I'm not going to say right. It doesn't make it like the right take. But like. That's what he's going to think. Yeah. He's going to think old eighties. You know, old eighty year old man thoughts. Opinions. Yeah. I do agree, and he got <laughs> shot down pretty much on Twitter. I say more power to the Hurricanes for rallying around the Hampton. Oh, yeah. Good for them. Uh, yeah, and the only other thought I had is he really doesn't finish any of his sentences. Did you notice oh, it's that? so it's painful. Terrible. It's literally like it's not even a parody. I worry about his health. Because it's literally just like, this team has no respect for that. And I'll tell you, if you see this in the National Hockey League, I'm going to say that if they do this again, and then it's it's just no sentence I, ends. I did like, They're uh, a bunch of jerks. I did like Jillian Fisher's tweet or retweet of that, because uh, he's constantly saying... Jillian Fisher, the NHL's fastest growing celebrity. Mm, check her out follower great videos great little videos for each team but uh she retweeted that don cherry video and then towards him at the end saying like you know if they do this during the playoffs they better not do this during the playoffs and she's like what are you gonna do if they do it in the playoffs what are you literally what are you gonna do and that's true what are you yeah i do like the veiled threat there uh, one more trade to discuss. Washington Capitals acquire Carl Hagelin from the Los Angeles Kings for a third-round pick and a conditional 2020 second-round or sixth-round pick. The condition being that, what, Hagelin has to play in the second round of the playoffs? Yeah, or at least two rounds or something like that. Wow. Man, 
I, you, we've talked about this before. Angling over that. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to have that six bowl. Only if he plays in those two rounds. All right, deal. Also, I wonder if this is one of those conditions where it's a seventh. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, <laughs> if it, they don't. And it's just like, really? <laughs> really? Just take it away from me. I don't need that. Um, I, I, we talked about it by text, and we won't have to. We don't have to linger here. They cut... Or they waived Devontae Smith-Pelly, who I guess didn't get claimed. No, I don't think anyone got claimed today. In order to make this deal happen. And I gotta say, that just struck me as kind of shitty in terms of treating your Stanley Cup hero that way. Especially, I think that was the night they put their ring into the Hall of Fame or Mm. something. And he just had to, like, hang around outside because he was emotionally distraught. It's just like... That is super lame. I get that business is business. And we talked about it. You kind of disagreed, which I'm fine with. And I calmed down from my original anger. It just struck me as, like, you're going to wave a guy to add Carl Hagelin, who doesn't move the needle any damn way. He's so fast. Yeah, well, he's also 30 and halfway to death. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that, everyone? It's true. Um, no, yeah. I've kind of softened on your side a little bit because really, and you brought it up too, they have Dimitri Askin. I think they can still put him down there. You're going to wave somebody. Wave him. Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, it seems a little weird. And then hearing Friedman talk about in 31 Thoughts how emotional <laughs> Smith Pelly was about the whole thing, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, like really you're going to do this just yeah, for Carl I mean, Hagelin? That's where uh, you hadn't heard that yet. Yeah. That's why I got upset. So, yeah, that's all. Uh, but no big deal. That's the trades. Plenty of rumors, plenty of speculation right now. Matt Stone, Mark Stone, Matt Duchesne, and Ryan Dezingle were all scratched for the Ottawa Senators tonight. Mm-hmm. They promptly did nothing with them. I believe Marcus Johansson and is it Ben Lovejoy on the other side were both yeah. scratched. Uh, the Blues, little bit of Blues potential rumors, potentially nothing. The Blues had two scouts at the Capitals Maple Leafs game tonight, while the Capitals had at least one scout at the Blues Stars game. And um, during the game, we randomly called up Sammy Blay with no warning. Mm-hmm. So possibly something happening there. Probably not, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the news we have right now. Let's talk about the trade deadline, Ian. Who do you think will be the buyers this year? Big buyers are Winnipeg, Nashville, Calgary, the New York Islanders, and Boston. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think all those teams can get whatever they want done so long as the other team gives them the price that they want for whatever they're asking. Or Or they can give them... They can give up what the other team's asking for because they all have it. Winnipeg's got plenty of prospects. Nashville does. I believe they even said Tolvanen is possibly on the table, too. I don't know if he hasn't been playing great in the AHL or not. Uh, Calgary has plenty to give away. So the Islanders. Boston has a great pipeline. So, yeah, there's they can get things done without having to move uh, big roster players. Yeah, I agree 100%. Shadow buyers. This is a nebulous category. <laughs> Spooky. Um, I I think Winnipeg, Nashville. Halloween episode. Yeah. <laughs> Winnipeg, Nashville, Calgary, uh, Islanders, and Boston are all teams that I would be surprised if they didn't make any moves. I'd be blown away. Uh, shadow buyers are teams that are looking to make moves, but if they don't, uh, you can kind of see why that might be the case. So a much bigger group. You've got Vegas, San Jose. Pittsburgh, Dallas, Montreal, Washington, Chicago, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. I'd even say some of those, like Toronto and Tampa Bay, 
just don't really have that much space. Uh-huh. I mean, if they're going to do something, it's going to be bodies in, bodies out. And then other teams like Dallas, um, I'd say, <laughs> like Dallas, just Dallas. Uh, Dallas and Chicago couldn't be, have big splashes. Mm-hmm. But I tend to think because they're just right on the bubble, it'd probably be not worth it for a rental, at least at that point. Uh, maybe Chicago does some crappy, I mean, crappy for us, Panarin trade and sign and trade dealio, but probably not like not likely either. I know Montreal, Bergevin <laughs> has said, and he's been on record as saying he doesn't want to do a rental trade at all, but then again, who knows? No one controls Mark Bergevin, least of all a shirt with normal, <laughs> with normal sleeves. I was going to say, man, yeah, he's got guns for days. <laughs> Uh, teams that are standing pat, you wrote down Vancouver, Arizona, Colorado, and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Explain. Uh, I mean, these are all teams that I, I, I don't have the standings in front of me. Arizona's close to a playoff spot, but I just don't see what they have to give in order to get. Vancouver's sort of the same thing, especially because they're almost just overachieving for a rebuilding year. So why bother trying to go for anything? If anything, they could just tinker. They could see if there's any older contracts, older guys mm-hmm. that they could get off the books. Colorado, same thing. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they're on the right path. I mean, they just barely made it last year. Obviously, we all know by a point. I think they should just stay on track. Buffalo, oh man, I, that's just the wrong direction Who knows for what them. Those guys, they have a lot. I mean, they have three first round picks. Mm-hmm. They have an expiring Jeff Skinner. Who reportedly wants nine million dollars, which I would not give him. Mm. Maybe for like five years. Fried, years. Friedman was saying on Thirty One Thoughts that if they were in the same realm as what Jeff Skinner wanted, Buffalo was, that it would just be done by now. Yeah, and exactly. that because it's not done, if you're a Buffalo fan, you should be slightly worried uh-huh. because. There are teams that will give well, Jeff Skinner $9 million. And Jeff Skinner probably wants to stay there, but I'm not doing it at $9 million. Not a chance. Not mm. on one season. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not I giving him that. I know he's been a proven decent goal scorer for all this whole time, but he's never been anywhere near here. Mm-mm. And you're not, listen, you're not paying Jeff Skinner one and a half more million dollars than Vladimir Tarasenko gets. I realize he's going to say, yeah, well, that's an old contract tough. Titties. <laughs> um, You'd be a great Jason Botterell. <laughs> I do. I pl- sometimes I impersonate Jason Botterell at parties. It gets over here. Great cosplay. Especially with the ladies. <laughs> Who came as the sexy Jason Botterell? <laughs> Who didn't? That's the real question. Uh, sellers. Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Detroit, Florida, and Edmonton? Edmonton can't be buyers, right? That's so dumb. Oh my god, can be. Oh, if Peter Shirelli was the GM, don't. What would they buy? They're so bad. What wouldn't they they buy? There's nothing for you. Oh my god. I mean, could you not see them thinking we'll go trade for Panera now? Because we'll convince him to stay with Connor McDavid, and then he just pieces. I would love that so much. Elliot Friedman was saying earlier in the year that they might look at reacquiring Taylor Hall. No, 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 no. <laughs> I like how they might look at it like they like they're the only people that make that decision. We might look at it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh, okay. Good job. <laughs> what about the other names on this list? Um, Detroit. You have to wonder if um, 
Maybe Thomas Vanek makes his annual trip to a different team on March, whatever. Elliot Friedman said, no, no, no. He said, oh, he's staying in Detroit. Boo, I say. (laughs) Boo upon that. Jimmy Howard's there. They've got contract hell, don't they, on that team? Yeah, I think they speculated Darren Helm possibly moving. Darren Helm, who's played on that team since I was five, I don't know. He seems like he's been there forever. Florida could move Hoffman, I think Server they said. Server maintenance, Cap Friendly. Now is not the time. Sorry, Cap Friendly. Los Angeles, LA was looking at possibly moving Kovalchuk. I know they said maybe New Jersey, or no, maybe the Islanders would look at him. Was that what it was? Yeah. Oh, God, that'd be hilarious. That's such a terrible idea. That's such a Lou Lamorello idea. He goes, I signed him for like $1 billion last <laughs> time, and now I'm going to have him again. It's so cheap now. <laughs> he goes, it's so easy. Philly probably moving Wayne Simmons. I think they're close. They're on the playoff bubble, but I doubt they're going to be signing Wayne Simmons again. I don't know. It just depends. Yeah. He has Boston Bruin written all over they him. Could, they could move Radko Gudis as well. Mm. Oh, that's true. Brian Elliott, maybe if Cam Talbot, <laughs> any of those players. You know, you're one of your eight goalies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez. Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. Florida. Big rumor out of Florida is that they might be willing to part with Jonathan Huberdo, which, to me, that's a player, and we'll talk about the Blues at the end of all this, but, man, that's one of the players mm-hmm. that if he was on the move, mm-mm-mm, I would be Giddy up. all in. Uh, fire sale teams, or as you described them, who's going all sploding? Yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> um, you've got your... You're of courses, you're Ottawa, uh, you're New Jersey just because they've been terrible this year, uh, you're Rangers, but then, and I guess Anaheim too, but I'm tossing Minnesota in there because we kind of already talked about it. They just should. You already trade Niederreiter, that they was a bust. so long ago. Yeah. Our captain's dead. What, name me a, like, you got Erickson Eck, you got Jordan, Jordan Greenway. Uh-huh. Is Nick Sealer young? I don't think so. Who? Steven, name I'm me the... I'm certain he's 27. <laughs> name me the young ones. Well, they, they, they've they got that oh, they Russian got to... who will never come up. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> if no one it's knows... Like one the... of the league's top prospects. Was it like Krill who... Capri's... Nick Sealer is 25. Okay. He'll be 26 after this. This season. Russian guy they drafted Kiro, in 2015. Kiro Kiprasov, is Yeah, that, something or something. Like and they're all... Every year they're like, he's coming over. And every year he does not come over. He never comes over. And he will not come over. No, not at all. <laughs> and they hold out so much hope, and it's just never going to happen. It's definitely not. Jared Spurgeon is small enough to look young, but he's quite old. Mm. They don't have any... I, I don't know what their pipeline looks like, but I think it's probably... I'm going to give I'm a... trying to look up Corey Promman's take okay. on their pipeline, but it'll take me a minute to get there. It's suffice to say, it's not great. I'm going to guess, like much of their team, and in history, much of their team, it's going to be middling at best. Um, I just... <laughs> their entire team. Like, the history of their entire team. Fire Bruce Boudreaux right now. And oh, start God. over. How long does he get to stay? Oh, my Lord. And also, listen, here's the thing. Bruce Boudreaux is never going to win a cup because he can't escape the first <laughs> Yeah, he can't get out But of if the you're first Bruce round. Boudreaux, do you want to stick around for this project right now? Mm. Like, somebody's going to give you a job mm. in the NHL right now. Yeah, go, the Anaheim Ducks. Go, yeah, <laughs> go pathetically mismanage some other team. They really might. God, we'll get to them. Randy Carlisle to Bruce Boudreaux to Do you have Sofaberg in the notes? Because we need to discuss. It at some point. Oh no, I don't. We can do it during the five minute major, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be thirty minutes. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I mean, the Wild are just not. 
Oh, they're just such a train wreck. Prominent had them ranked 18th. Yep, sounds best, about right. Their best prospect is the aforementioned Kirill Kaprizov. They do have Luke Kunin, who I don't think we mentioned. Mm. But I don't is he know. playing up there now? I yeah, think he is. Yeah, but he's not like a... Look, due respect Saint to the St. Yeah. Louis kid, he's not quite in Keller. Wait, wait. They've got a guy named Ivan Lodnia of the Niagara Ice Dogs of the Neat. OHL. And then everybody below those four guys is has a chance or worse. So, <laughs> <woo! laughs> Has a chance or worse. And then what about the wild cards in the trading deadline oh, period? My, because there are a couple. My favorite. And they both start with C. Mm-hmm, the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> We already talked I mean, about that. It's not. The Carolina Hurricanes and the Columbus Blue Jackets could either buy big or they could sell big or they could do nothing. They are completely, I have zero idea. Um, Carolina was thinking about trading, trading Michael Furland, who they got the summer. Was it the summer? The summer from Calgary and the Dougie Hamilton uh, trade. And the people that are looking at Michael Furland are all teams that are above the Carolina Hurricanes in the standings in the Metro. So it's like you can't really trade Michael Furland to the Pittsburgh Penguins because they're literally the spot above you. Like you, <laughs> you totally could and you might end up better, but just the trade alone on paper is like such a kick to the nuts that you just can't do it. Yeah. So I think he's going to stay there. Uh, they have a few other options. I know... Elliot Freeman mentioned that Toronto is looking for a right-handed D still, and I believe, who are the two they have down there? They're not trading Slavin, but there's the other guy, Pesci. They might be looking at Pesci or somebody like that. Um, For a while, I think it was just on Blue's Twitter, so forgive me, anyone, for giving this any clout. But uh, I believe there was a Justin Falk where it was like, ooh, he could fit on the Blues or whatever, but um, probably not. So that's Carolina. Justin Falk, I would like. Because yeah, I would love a left-handed. Oh yeah, he's lefty. D, that's the right. Trio on this team, but we can talk about that. Columbus, we can kind of walk right into talking more about specific players here. They have these guys at the bottom, but it's really Sergey Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin. They've said they might be in on centers. I think they've even talked about looking at Matt Duchesne, and it, it still kind of like hurts my brain to. Trade Artemi Panarin, who I get you would need to trade because he's not going to sign there. But then getting Matt Duchesne and then trying to sign him, and then it's like it just feels like a weird carousel. Of, like nobody wants to be here, and I'm so sorry, but it's just true. So I go ahead, go ahead. I was going to move to our players, specifically yeah. the players that might be on the move. Uh, we'll actually but let's start with those. Yeah, let's go there. Where I... do you think Bobrovsky goes, if anywhere? We'll start there. If Bobrovsky is traded, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who needs a... We make sense, but we're not Mm -hmm. giving up assets to get a guy that we probably don't want to start over Jordan Bennington anyway, unless Mm -hmm. they're taking Allen, which they shouldn't. Um, Although they have cap space and the ownership has a relationship with him. Who else needs a goalie? Mm. Will the do the Flyers want some backup for Big Save Dave Riddish? <laughs> the Oilers need somebody for real, I guess, but not that. I think he stays put. Yeah. Like for the for the rest of this year, That's I think he stays mistake. there. Yeah. To me, I've see I've seen so many people talk about this team. Like, well, just keep them and give it your best shot. And it's like, no, because that's not that's not a thing. 
You know, that's like if you're in a if you're in a boxing match and you're getting pummeled, and it's like, well, don't throw in the towel. You got to give it your best shot. And it's like, no, I'm fighting Muhammad Ali, and I will die. <laughs> like I don't have a fighting chance here. This is not Rocky. Um, I don't. You know, I don't. That's I don't think they're a bad team. I just do. You, did they have? Does anything about them say Stanley Cup contender? No. And what do you care? I mean, I yeah, I realize they've never been to the second round, but is getting to the second round for the first time worth losing both those guys for nothing? Because they are gone. Yeah. I mean, there's no world in which they just resign in Columbus. If there was even a 20% chance that they might, then I might be in favor of it. But they're both walking for sure. Yeah. So how can you justify keeping both of them? I do feel bad for him. I think he stays put and then he becomes a Panther. Yeah. That's my guess. And then that's just sad for anybody. Um, what about our Timmy Panarin? Do you have a gut read on him? Islanders. 100% Islanders. Woo! I'll take. They're going all in. What are they giving up for him? Psh, nothing. Josh, I don't know. Josh Hosang. Josh Hosang <laughs> and a conditional sixth. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't the know. The what... condition being that Josh Hosang does not have a psychotic breakdown. That Josh Hosang cannot wear number 66. <laughs> That's disrespectful. That's the literal whole condition. Just don't give him jersey number 66. A really good player on a different team once wore that. I could see, I could honest to God see Lou Lamb giving them that condition <laughs> gun to your head uh yeah i don't know what they'd give up but i mean they friedman has said that he thinks that panarin wants to go to and i'm guessing he means even sign long term with either la florida or one of the two new york teams not buffalo wait wait um and so i think the islanders make the most sense as far as a team that could use them and be competitive right now so it'd be interesting i think man I'm already not paying that much attention to the Islanders, and I'm still blown away every time I look at the standings to see how high they are in them. Number one in the Metro. Mm-hmm. But I think Panarin puts them over the top. I'm not going to say they're like the cup favorite, but they might be a cup favorite. <laughs> God, can you imagine if oh, oh the sweet they beat justice them in the friggin' first round? Ooh, mm, give it to me. Uh, some of these other players, Artemi Panarin, gun to my head. I say. Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, damn. Going all in. Loading up. Uh, also, I feel like Vegas has would have a sh- shot to keep him. You know, it's like mm-hmm. cool desert city, hang out here, drink vodka. <laughs> you don't uh, have any cool desert cities in <laughs> Russia, do you? <laughs> Wayne Simmons, where's he going? On three? Want to do it on three? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Boston. Boston. <laughs> yeah, we both think he's going to Boston because he's made for Boston. Yeah. He's cut and dried Boston. You get a Bacchus, you get a Wayne Simmons, you get a bunch of other, you get a Charlie Coyle now. Grindy, awful oh. people. And Toronto, yes. who wanted him so bad to come home for so long, is going to get him to watch him beat them in the first round. <laughs> anyone in the West or anyone in the East has beaten Toronto in the first round. Matt Zuccarello, what's your read? Uh, I think he's going to stay put. So do I. Boring. Stop being so boring, New York. <laughs> How about Kevin Hayes? Uh, Kevin Hayes is going to go to Nashville when Nashville strikes out on Matt Duchesne. <laughs> I say Kevin Hayes is coming to the St. 
Lewis <gasps> Blues. Coming home. I don't, <laughs> coming home. I don't think that he probably actually is, but I've just had this weird feeling about Kevin Hayes and the Blues for a while, and I think he'd be a really good fit in some ways. So if it happens, I'll look like a prophet, and if it doesn't happen, you never heard this. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Duchesne, you just said the Nashville Predators will strike out on him. Who won't strike out on him? I think the Ottawa Senators signed him. Ooh, I, I thought they you were going to say strike out on him because oh. I see him walking. Now, I think Matt Duchesne goes to the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, damn. <laughs> Have fun, boy. Um, <laughs> I think Nashville's all in on him, and they will lose him to the Jets, and then the Jets will traipse through them in the third, second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Stone. What are your thoughts? I think he takes Matt Duchesne's spot in Winnipeg. I think Mark Stone is the one that they unwisely hold on to and then allow to walk in the offseason. Oh, okay. I was like, sign him? I was like, they don't have the internal cap (laughs) money. Uh, We talked about Favrovsky and Panarin. Any other free agents you want to talk about leaving? Mm, I'm sure we're missing somebody. I'm sure we're missing some big fish, but those are all the people I can think of. I mean, there are guys on Carolina we can talk about and all sorts of people. I wonder what Anaheim does. I mean, they really should blow it up, but as they've said on 31 Thoughts before, this is the Reference 31 Thoughts podcast. Um, Let's scroll real quick through the TSN trade bait list. They've just mentioned that a lot of those players, I don't know if Bob Murray wants to move. Mark Stone's trending up. Oh, yeah. Number one on the bait board. (laughs) Number five on the trade bait list is the Jets' first round pick. Ooh, that's what about oh, so dumb. Ryan Dezingle, you think he moves? Yes, he's going to. This is just pulling a hat. The San Jose Sharks, hundred percent. Go. Gustav Nyquist, do you think he moves? Mm. I think the Detroit Red Wings are too stupid to trade. No, anybody. they're dumb. <laughs> Jimmy Howard and Nick Jensen both stay and put. Michael Furlan, did you give a final thought on him? Um, I don't. I think he stays. God, what a mistake! But you're yep. probably right. Do you think Dougie <laughs> Hamilton moves? Nice days. We'll stop there. That's a good list of folk. Mike Hoffman did give his 10-team no-trade list today. We're on it. Just kidding. he gets nothing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, since we've had a mostly positive episode... (laughs) Like you're giving yourself a leash. We were... Well, you know, I've never been perfect. I've never... One thing I've always said Mm, (laughs) is that I'm not perfect, and anyone who says they're perfect isn't worth trusting. (laughs) True that. So, we had a segment on here when we started. We haven't done it for a long time, officially, because we've ran through everything. Yeah, we've done plenty. Um, Called the five-minute major, and the idea was that we'd put five minutes on the clock. I'm really going to time you. You're really going to time me on... I've got to get all of this in in five minutes? No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. We'll figure it out. I figure the explanation for running over is that a five-minute major doesn't technically end until there's a stoppage in place. Oh, boo, what a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> do you have anything to rant about? Because I don't want to be alone. Um, Before we do five-minute major officially, we can talk about Silverberg, but... Okay. Um, that'll be a good ramping up into the ranting because the Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks, who have no cap space. Are you starting the timer? No, already? no, I'm not. No. Um, I need to look up his actual uh, stats. But the Anaheim Ducks, who have no cap space, signed Jacob Silverberg to a 
five-year extension with an annual average value of over $5 million. This is a player who has 24 points in 51 games this year and is a minus 15 with a Corsi 4 percentage of 45.7. He has a relative Corsi 4 of negative 2.5. So he's bad on on a bad team. Uh Uh-huh. Thoughts on Anaheim signing? How much did they sign him for? Over five? Five for over five, yes. Why was that pertinent? I was, like, I mean, why did they decide that needed to happen? They love Jacob Silverberg because Bob Murray can't evaluate talent at all. He's also not a good coach. The people who are in front of him are the people who he wants to play for the Ducks and no one else. It's baffling uh, to me. It is baffling to me. I was trying to explain this to my hockey illiterate brother mm. the other day. And he he is, you know, not a huge sports fan, so I had to try and clue him in. And rather than explain what Jacob Silverberg was and how the salary cap works What's and a all Jacob this, Silverberg? I told him, all right, I said, tell me a candy bar that you like that isn't actually very good. And he went with Twix bar, which... I mean, I dead wrong, but... There's some debate on yeah. yeah, Twix is pretty Which damn Twix? Good. Left Twix? Right Twix? Left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, left Twix sucks. <laughs> He's right about that. Um, but he said Twix, so I said, okay, now imagine you have a Twix bar on your desk at work, and you also have $25, and that $25 needs to get you through the next three weeks. Would you pay 17 of those $25 (laughs) to keep your Twix bar, or would you just let it go? And he said he would not pay $17, and I said, good, but that's what the Anaheim Ducks <laughs> just did. Essentially, they gave money that they do not have to keep a player that they do not need, and it makes no sense to me. That's why they're going to be sellers. They got to move people. They have to. Which of those shitty contracts can they sell? I have no idea. The only good contract on the... I mean, the defense are all on decent, movable Mm. contracts, but they're also all only good players. Yeah, you don't want to get rid of some of those guys. And you've got Ricard Raquel, who's having an awful year, but he's on a great contract if this isn't the player that he is permanently. But beyond that, I think... Of all the teams in hockey that I wouldn't... That I don't envy that I don't want to be, Ottawa's still probably last. But Anaheim and Minnesota are right there. Mm -hmm. They are bad now. They're not bad. They're mediocre, which is worse than bad. Mm -hmm. In the NHL, it is so much worse to be mediocre than bad. They have no players to trade, and they have nothing in the pipeline. Anaheim's got a little in the pipeline, but not huge. They still have that Steel kid? They still have Sam Steele. They still have Troy Terry. But they don't have huge difference makers. And, God almighty, it's just, it's just a disaster. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, you want to get angry? Yeah! I want to get angry. Angry people pay so much money to hear this podcast, <laughs> to hear us get angry. I always get tweets to my personal Twitter handle, people telling us we're just too goddamn calm. <laughs> we're just too polite. We need to go out on a branch or something, get that fruit. Uh, 
So you don't have anything. I mean, you're obviously going to chime in online, but mm-hmm. you don't uh, have anything uh, you want to throw like, in the pile. Um, I don't know. I am tired of <laughs> people eating milk on their cereal. <laughs> I guess tied into hockey, but we've already sort of talked about. It. I'm like parody. I'm glad there's parody. That means that the Blues, when they're not so good, are still so close to a playoff spot, much like this season towards the beginning. I'm sick of it because it means teams like related to, yes, Anaheim and Minnesota, because they're so close to being in a playoff spot, they will not just blow the thing up. They're so close, so they go, well, we'll just tinker a little here and there, and we'll be able to get over that hump. But sometimes you got to be like the New York Rangers, who we talked about, can do this because they have all the money in the world, but you need to admit to yourself like they did last season, we're no longer good. We're not going to be good for a while. You know, at least a, at least like two seasons. You know, it doesn't be crazy long. And maybe you're one of those teams that eventually, I don't know, has like a fun little season where like, hey, we made the playoffs randomly. Yippee. Um, But you have to admit to yourself that you're like starting over. And you have to have a plan. And it bothers me from just a fan of the NHL that some of these teams are like, no, 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 we can do this. And I'm like, I think you're going to lose fans by constantly being mediocre. It's so gross that the value of two home games... Mm-hmm. In the playoff, which is all you're guaranteed, is perceived as so valuable that it's worth sinking your franchise's hope for a future. I mean, it is it is literally the picture book definition of penny wise and pound full. There you go. Perfect. you're looking at, and, and there were rumors that Tom Stillman was going to do this earlier in the year. Now the boys have more securely reached a playoff spot so they don't have to. But you're looking at, I need to get into the black right now. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't I don't think that's really a concern in the NHL as much as it used to be, but mm-hmm. some teams operate on a pretty thin margin. I recognize that. And it's like, okay, yeah, the, the Wild could make the playoffs and get just murdered by the Winnipeg Jets or the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. Which either one would just run through the wild like a hot knife through air. <laughs> and <laughs> because butter resists hot knives too. Oh, much. like a thick like a thick fa. Uh, just right through a thick fa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God glad you brought it back. Um and maybe no, they don't get a third game at Excel Energy Center. No way. No, no way does that series go six. So you get two games at your home stadium, and yeah, they're packed, and yeah, it's great, but then you got to wait more years to get to the real games. Mm-hmm. And isn't the real money in going into the second and third round and winning Stanley Cup championships, isn't that how you really put your team on the map? I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good topic to rant about. Now I've got some to rant about, too. All right. And I'm going to... Do you have one you want me to start with, or should I just go in the order they're written? Just run into them. Here's the first one. For all you folks, and there were lots of you, and I'm not calling you out by name because it's none of my business, but for anyone that thinks Alex Petrangelo isn't captain material to power this team to being as good as it can be, you now have two options. 
after an 11-game win streak, the last person, by the way, the last captain of this team under whom we had that long of a win streak was none of the captains of this team, (laughs) but the last captain who came close was a fella by the name of Al McInnes. You think he was captain material? So you have two options now. Either admit Alex Petrangelo is a perfectly adequate captain, or admit that the captaincy doesn't actually mean all that much. And I don't care which you do. Actually, I'd lean towards the (laughs) latter. We've talked about it plenty on this show. Mm -hmm. It's a symbolic gesture, basically. You talk to the refs a little more. You drop, you you win ceremonial faceoffs at home and lose them on the road. That's all it is. That is all it friggin' is, and it drives me insane. Because here's what it is. Here's what it really is. There is a group of Blues fans who don't like Alex Petrangelo. Because there's a group of Blues fans that don't like every player except for Ryan O'Reilly, as far as I know so far. I'm sure there are some of those. There have been at points, but not right now. (laughs) And those fans know that there's nothing statistical that they can point to with Alex Petrangelo Mm -hmm. to say he's a bad player. I mean, his statistics in the past four years put him amongst the top 20 defensemen in pretty much every category. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Um, But since they can't do that, These are some of the statistics. Last three seasons amongst defensemen, he's 17th in points, 9th in goals per game, 2nd in game-winning goals, and 7th in time on ice. I mean, so he's bad, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, they can't win a statistical argument to prove that Mm -hmm. he's bad. But they want to say something that makes it seem like he's bad, so they say he's a bad captain because none of us can actually prove that he isn't. Because there's no, I I haven't been in the locker room, I can't say. No, actually, Mm. he made us win this, this, and this game with his strategy and, you know. And here's the thing, I tend to agree that he's probably not the best captain. But I also tend to agree that that's never what was wrong with this Mm. team. That was never the big problem with this team. You could take the C off of him, put it on O'Reilly, and not have Alex Petrangelo with any letter on his jersey not even his name um <laughs> and people would still hate 27 they yeah. don't like what they see on the ice and i get that he's on the ice for goals against but that's also because he plays like all the minutes uh-huh. so i and he's a little weird in post game yeah he touches his face a lot i gotcha jamie ben jamie ben sat on him i don't like that either there's i am on with these people half the time i get it and here- but He's the captaincy isn't the problem, and if you're gonna argue the player's a problem, I'm kind of with you. But then, then just throw the captaincy argument, argument out the window, yeah. and even then, I'll, I'll fight back on saying Petrangelo's a bad player. And two more things on that. First of all, if you want to trade him, I'm not actually against that. I've said a lot, and I'll continue to say that eventually the Blues have to decide between Petrangelo and Pareko, because mm-hmm. even if they want to extend Petrangelo for now, they can't extend Pareko again when his contract comes up and keep them both. It's exactly like the Shattenkirk situation was before. So if you extend Petrangelo in a next year, 
and have him start his contract in 2021-22. I think Pareka's ends in 22-23, so you're just starting another two-year clock on trading that guy. <laughs> Fun. But you can have, again, just like you said, you can have that discussion without having it be, well, he's not a good captain. If you think it's best to have this team trade him, then have them trade him. But don't make up nonsense. And the last thing I'll say about this, and I love Ryan O'Reilly. We have gushed about Ryan O'Reilly this entire episode. But we have seen not even quite 60 games of Ryan O'Reilly in a blue sweater, maybe right at 60 games Mm -hmm. now. This is a guy that's been traded from two teams because of... Theoretical, rumored, supposed, alleged locker room issues. Because he allegedly didn't get along with people, or was an outcast, or whatever. You know, all the things you're saying about Alex Petrangelo. Mm. And listen, maybe none of that is true. I hope none of it is true. He's been phenomenal in every conceivable way for the Blues, and on the ice... He looks like a leader. And even I'll even say more of a leader than Alex Petrangelo on the ice. He busts his ass every shift nonstop. He looks angry when he should look angry. He celebrates with his team when he should celebrate. All that stuff. But let's not anoint a player that you basically really don't know yet as the only once-in-future captain of the St. Louis Blues just because you don't like the one that's wearing the C right now. Mm-hmm. Because David Backus was the captain of this team, and that didn't save him. And I, I, what's the idea that the only effective captains are the one that punch people, or the ones that like work really hard above yeah. their skill rate? Like Toronto doesn't have a captain right now; they're doing just fine. Zdeno Chara, I believe, is he the captain yeah. of the Boston Bruins? He's like forty-seven thousand years old. He's not really good anymore. Sometimes this fan base is a little... uh, I like that it's a blue-collar fan base. Sometimes it's a little too blue-collar. Steven Stamkos, captain of the Lightning, is that correct? Yeah. Fourth best player on the team now. Like, it's just fifth. He's at least fifth behind Point and Kucherov Mm. and Vasilevsky and Hedman. Like, it doesn't friggin' matter. The Kings won a Stanley Cup with Dustin Brown as captain. But he's dirty. It does <laughs> not matter. So stop making it a problem. All right, we can move on from that issue. Unless you have more to say. Mm-mm. Okay, so a second thing I want to yell about. That took seven minutes. God, I'm so sorry. This, no. I'm going to try and get this one. Oh, no, you're fine. I just want to clock it in. Clock it in, clock it in. Here, folks, let's get this out of the way as well. The fight between Zach Sanford and Alex Petrangelo did not... Robert Bortuzzo. Robert Bortuzzo. See, you got me all flustered, folks. (laughs) Did not fix this team. Well, obviously they lost today. We (laughs) (laughs) talked... You're such a dick. Sorry. We talked... About this a little bit last week, and I tried to give it a pass, but I've seen it more this week, and it has to stop. That's insane that it's still talked about. Such a non-thing. 
here's I so I asked Jeremy Rutherford. I'll start with this, and then I have an analogy I want to get to. I asked Jeremy Rutherford point blank about this in his chat because I if if Jeremy Rutherford said it, I would have had to give it some credence. Mm-hmm. I don't care if Lou Korak says it. <laughs> Suck I, it, I, Lou. I really don't. But Jeremy, I that's because he's got a blog, whatever, right? Blog spot. That is the only. Sorry, Lou, but if you want to get serious, get at least you work for the NHL. Christ, come on, have some self respect. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, I said, lots of folks are pointing to the practice fight between Sanford and Bortuzzo as the cause of this turnaround. What's your take? I see this as more of a symptom of the turnaround happening rather than the cause. But you're much more plugged in than I am. And he said. The Blues won one to nothing in Winnipeg three days before the fight. They lost to Calgary seven to two six days after the fight, five to one to Vancouver ten days after the fight, and six to one to Pittsburgh nineteen days after the fight. I understand how it might have changed the locker room and brought them closer together, but that wasn't the incident that changed them on the ice. I don't want to read this too much in my favor, but his <laughs> art his response sounded to me like he agrees that that's not only not true, but a ridiculous assertion. It is a ridiculous assertion. And to your point about this this city's a little too blue collar, Mm -hmm. that's a little too blue collar. When two of your not... Un- insignificant, non-important players mm. punch each other. You are oh, yeah. in practice. That is not a good thing. Here's the analogy. I'm listening to a book about Lincoln and his mental health. It's a real pick me up. Let me tell you, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. And there was a lengthy section about like 1800s treatments for all sorts of diseases, but especially mental health conditions. And this is going to shock you folks, 1800s medicine, not so good. And one of the things he talked about in there was he talked about how doctors would use things like leeches and they would literally physically beat their patients and they would poison them with mercury. And then they would see things like the patient vomiting or turning black and blue because you were beating them, or I already forget what the first thing was, the leeches, they'd mm-hmm. see them losing blood, and they'd say, look, it's working. <laughs> because they're <laughs> vomiting, and so the medicine I gave them, the mercury I gave them, is making them vomit out the toxins, the physical mm. toxins that are in their bloodstream because they're depressed. Get the evil out of me. And that is what we call... Some sort of fallacy. <laughs> I should know. But the medicine what fallacy. The, what the doctors were doing was looking at a symptom of their treatment and assigning that and saying that that was the treatment working. They were literally poisoning their patients with mercury. Mercury will kill you. In- Well, in some cases. Large enough doses. And they were saying, see, the mercury's working because they're having a bad reaction to it. To me, this fight was a lot like that. We're looking at it and we're saying, see, they're fixed because they're fighting. And I'm saying, no, the fight is a symptom of how broken they are, not a symptom of how they're fixed. And I think it's really... If you want to assign the fight positive value, which I think is a stretch, 
all I can give it is that it is a symptom of a turnaround that was happening in other facets of the team, but it did not in any way cause the turnaround. It did not in any way start the turnaround. It did not in any way create the turnaround. It was a fight between two guys who are not that important to this team right now that was a ridiculous display of just how pathetic this team was at the Mm. time, and it wasn't a lot more than that. Do you have thoughts? Also, how far over five minutes was I? Oh, I think my I think my phone died. Um, so what is that? Seven minutes over. Uh, seven minutes. So twelve. Over. So twelve minutes. Yeah, total. Twelve minutes total. Yeah, I think so. Oh wait, we're counting the first one though. No, well, we're counting the two of those okay. together. Okay. Not the Silverberg stuff. Okay. I got a term for you. Confirmation bias. That's the one I was looking for. Thank you. There you go. Why don't you tell us what that is? Confirmation bias, also called confirmatory bias or my side bias, is the tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms one's pre-existing beliefs or hypotheses. Thank you. That's literally exactly what I had in mind. You are, you want to believe, you some people always wanted to believe that fight was a good mm-hmm. thing. And now they can look back and say, hey, on the whole, we're a much better team since that fight. The fight fixed us. Yeah. And that's silly. I'm sorry. I, I love some of the people that have espoused that view. I've joked with Kurt Price about it. We love Kurt. We love the guys over at their podcast. But that, to me, is just silly talk. Like... I've never played hockey, and I'm not in the room, and hashtag never played the game, but I... This is the find only the, sport yeah. where people think this. Sorry, go ahead. I was like, follow me on like the mental journey of, like, I'm Jaden Schwartz, Robert Bortuzzo is beating the shit out of Zach Sanford in front of me. I need to try harder. Like what? Like what the what the fuck? Like yeah. what? I don't understand the mental connection. Like I get that it's a, like you said, it's a symptom that's spilling over. We we gotta be. I'm I've Zach Sanford. God damn it! And you start punching him in the face. I don't. I really don't get it, but I get it. But I don't know how any of that makes this team go. We need to get together as a five man unit now. Maybe to prevent more fighting, but like. Really, that doesn't make you play better. Yeah. You're just—I I don't know. That's just—it's just what happened, like you said. You've already said it. It's just what happened. But I don't know what the—I don't know what the mental gymnastics are of like. I'm David Perron. I know how to play hockey, but now I know better because Robert Bertuzzo gave that dude a raspberry right between his brow. Like, oh, I get it now. I understand. Also, and listen, I know. I know this is maybe nothing, but if this was such a big, like, hooray, these guys saved the team moment, why did Zach Sanford immediately get sent to the minors? <laughs> and true. I know there's somebody out there that's going to say, well, because Robert Bortuzzo was the good guy in the fight and he got a contract extension, but please stop. <laughs> Just please stop. Never speak again. Uh, okay, anything else we want to rant about? I hate flying. Oh, yeah. Flying's the worst. We can talk about this. We said we'd talk about it, and then we can get out of here. But flying, I had to fly to Jacksonville. Well, that's already not so great. Yeah. Going down to Jacksonville. (laughs) Uh, But 
So on the way down, I flew Frontier, which is a two-bit airline. It was really, it was fine for, for like a $60 flight or whatever it was. Muchos I think gracias. this podcast we get sponsored by Frontier. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like ninety percent sure. Much like the two guys no cut podcast, Frontier is adequate. It'll get you where you need to go. If where you need to go is the most disappointing city in Florida, <laughs> um, but it was fine. But. To me, flying is just like, what if we crammed all the worst human activities into one experience? (laughs) And it's not even, I'm not like a big fear of flying guy. I'm not going to lie to you and pretend I enjoy going on a giant war with gravity in the middle of the air. (laughs) Not my cup of tea exactly, but I'm not the guy that's like clinging to his armrests and certain Those people... That's part of the worst part of flying, too, oh, yeah. is that makes me uncomfortable when someone's, like, sweating next uh-huh. to you. I'm like, would you calm the fuck down? It's like, yeah, we're, listen, one of my things about flying is, it's like, if this is going down, I'm gone anyway. I know. There's nothing I can do about it. You ever so. thought about that? I'm like, what if the plane flips over? Well, I, like, what, should I just run down the top of the plane now, <laughs> just for fun, because I'm about to die, so. Maybe, yeah. Anyways, just thought. Um, but, so, first... It's like, they're like, hey, you know how you love showing up for meetings two hours early? Mm -hmm, I sure do. (laughs) Like, okay, okay, yeah. You know how you love standing in long lines to wait for you to go through metal detectors and then have strangers rub all over your body? (laughs) Well, some people. You know how you like, after you do that, going and sitting around for an hour and a half because you had plenty of time that you didn't need to waste the two hours on? Mm -hmm. And then you know how, after all of that, you love walking down a long hallway with a bunch of strangers trying to get to seats that they're just blocking because they hate you? Uh. And then you know how you love getting shot up into the sky in a metal death tube? That's what flying is. It's so terrible. And then on the way back, because I guess Frontier only flies one way, that or they went bankrupt between my (laughs) departure from St. Louis on Monday afternoon and my arrival back in St. Louis on Tuesday evening. Um, I had to (laughs) connect in Atlanta, which thank God was the same terminal, because even though I had an hour and a half, I never would have made it. It was the same terminal, but half of that terminal, which is what I had to walk, was all of Lambert Airport. I swear to God, I was walking for so long. But anyway, I just... It's an awful experience, and it's awful not because of the actual flying part, but because of everything else we've crammed into mm-hmm. it. Any thoughts on flying, Ian? I think my least favorite part is the boarding part. It's Both. so bad. I'm and always disembarking. Yeah. Both. I'm always the last group because I'm uh, lame and cheap <laughs> and also sign in or whatever, get my boarding pass last, so uh-huh. that's me. But then I'm sitting there waiting for them to put their goddamn bag up, and they got like, I've, you ever see people walk on like a plane with like nine bags? Like they can't anymore, but I still swear to God I see it. Or they're like, like more than they should have. They're like, I sure. need my backpack with me because this is a two-hour flight and I need fucking everything in here. Uh-huh. And then I also need this huge roller bag up here. And then I also probably have something checked too. And they sit down, but no, they gotta get back by you because they're in a seat in front of you, but they had to put the bag back in the end. And then you sit. So basically, once I sit down, I'm happy. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, good. I can literally just pass out. Until, like, the stewardess comes over and is like, you can't pass out yet. We're about to take off. I'm like, well, why? why? Just let me sleep. 
Why is that a problem? One time I had my eyes closed and they like shook me awake like, hey, we're about to take off. I'm like, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> they literally woke you yeah. up. What a- <laughs> I know that's an odd, like that doesn't normally happen, but I remember like, yeah. Oh, also, here's, a, does any experience as much as flying totally hinge on, with that example in mind, how chill the staff are because mm-hmm. sometimes you get the really chill stewardess yeah. and it's like do whatever you want don't put on your seatbelt nobody cares <laughs> they all talk like that and then you get the other one where it's like did you just take off your seatbelt like yeah what the, the seatbelt did you just off do and we're in midair and it's like how many times do we have to say seatbelts should remain on as long as you're seated and it's just like geez. whenever the no smoking sign is on which is always i do wonder if like if it went off if one dude is like gonna slowly <laughs> pull out a cigarette and be like, I don't know, I it's was, not on no more. I was thinking about that today, and I was like, are those signs up there specifically so that the captain can turn them off if the plane's going down and do a smoke them if you got them? <laughs> yeah, just fucking Because nobody it. is lighting up on an airplane. We don't need the signs. <laughs> I know, I'm like, what year is that? <laughs> or if you do, you need the announcements and like two posted signs. You don't need them in every aisle. So I honest to God wonder if he can flip them off and just be like, smoke them if you got them. <laughs> eh, We're going down. It. We're going into the Hudson, which, by the way, scrolling Facebook in the airport, my phone recommended a scene from Sully, which was a real confidence boost. Oh, I have. I mean, this is super morbid, but I've always wanted to watch, like, a plane accident movie, like, on the plane. And I really want to, like, look at the person next to me and then look at the fucking screen. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Do they even allow that shit on there? I was thinking that the other day. I was like, there's no way, right? No, there's just no way. Sully could not get past Delta. Today we'll all be watching Sully. I did listen to the Mumford & Sons album Delta on Delta, though, and well, listened seems... to the track Delta on the album Delta on the plane Delta. But we were never in the New Orleans Delta. So that was a little What a bunch of fucking sellouts. (laughs) So flying is terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jacksonville's less terrible. I didn't get, I was in an oceanfront hotel for a meeting. I did not see the ocean. (laughs) It was very, it was a front, but it was back there, I believe. Um, I feel like I had something else to say, but it's gone now. It's gone. It's all it's gone. so gone. <laughs> it's all so gone. Just like this winning streak. Oh, he brought it back around, Sorry. folks. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> well done. Uh, so it is Thursday now, fast becoming Friday. We have five days, four days until the trade deadline. Monday we'll be back with a bonus episode, all-day coverage on the Twitter. Come and follow us, hang around, look for a giveaway or two if I get my craft together enough to do them. If not, I'll give away smiles and hugs and kisses to all of you. (laughs) Um, Come follow us there, come hang out. Even if the blues don't burn it to the ground, we hope that at least the (laughs) NHL does. Uh, We will talk to you soon and say for now... Hasta la vista to 11-game win streak. Salute to the Blues for doing the unthinkable. We will always remember this streak. Our greatest respects.